Hi guys. Well, it's 11.30 p.m. I've never recorded this so late in the day, having a little midnight session. Never done that before. So, I don't know how this will go. Uh, uh. <laughs> Excuse me. Yeah, I don't know how this will I don't know how this will go. Um, could be crazy, could be nighttime, silly and goofy. Um, yeah, anyway, how are you? That's good. Great to hear. Um, so a couple weeks ago, I asked you guys for some suggestions about what you wanted to hear me talk about. And a lot of people said things related to music, related to my music process, related to my music story, how I got into music, etc., etc. Without any notes, I'm just going to talk about my how I fell in love with music, more or less. In certain ways. We're going to stick to a certain storyline and there's more details that I could give you. There's more, you know, there's so much that I could say, but I'm not going to go into every single thing that affected how I felt about music and led me to this point because that would be my whole life. Anyway, but yeah, so we're going to break it down. Just do a little, you know, story time moment, take you through some big points and events that shaped my love of music. So let's get into it and say a prayer that this goes well and smooth because I am free, 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 free freestyling. Oh my God, that was absolutely terrible. Anyway, <laughs> um, see, this is why I should have a script. This is why I shouldn't be allowed to just say whatever I want. Some of you might know this, some of you might not. Doesn't matter, you're about to know. When I was three weeks old, yes, Three weeks old, I made my onstage debut, okay? And I know my mom is so excited that I'm telling this as part of this story because she brings it up every chance that she can. But yeah, so when I was three weeks old, I made an appearance, an appearance in the local church's Christmas pageant play as Baby Jesus, okay? Yeah, my birthday falls on December 2nd. So obviously when the church needed a newborn baby to play baby Jesus, well, I had literally just been born three weeks ago. Um, and my mom is always like, you were so good. You didn't cry. You didn't make a single peep, not a sound. I was a great actor. I was incredible on stage even at three weeks. So yeah, that is my, uh, that was my first time in the spotlight. Okay. Okay. Moving on. It has to be included. <laughs> Obviously, I was on stage before I knew what was going on, but what really was the first time that I had an interest, felt something stirring inside of me that was like, oh, there's something to this music thing was when I was probably, I guess, three years old. My mom started taking me to the local children's theater, okay? And this was not a children's theater that was, like, a tiny room with, like, you know, 50 kids watching in the audience and, like, bad productions, right? No, 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 no. This was a 
full theater, hundreds of kids. They would always bring kids on field trips from all the public schools. I was homeschooled, so it was just me and my mom in our own little section. And the productions were actually good. They were basically the same as like regular, you know, full-fledged productions, except they were like half the length because they were for kids. So they like did Mulan, but it was like <laughs> there was only fighting for five seconds and everything was really short. But um, I'm pretty sure, like literally, I'm pretty sure the shows were like an hour, like an hour exactly. So that gives you all the information you need. But me at three years old, all I knew was that there was this room full of people and all of a sudden the lights dimmed and the stage lit up and there were all these characters and colors and people singing. And I was so small and so short at three years old that I had to leave the seat folded up because, you know, like the seats fold down and like the part you sit on folds down. I left the seat folded up and would sit on my knees to be able to be tall enough to see over the people in front of me. Um, and yeah, it hurt, but I was dedicated to watching them and I was enthralled. And I remember not really understanding what it meant, but thinking, wow, I want to be one of them. Like thinking I want to be on stage. Like I want to do what they're doing. And at the time, like, you know, that didn't really mean anything because I was three years old, but yeah, so I started going to the theater with my mom, and that was my introduction to, oh my god, there's like, what are they doing? Like, that's kind of cool, so um, me and my mom kept going there for years and years, and I loved it, and I even have a really early memory that I'm not quite sure what age I was when this happened, um, but I tried to do a, like, I tried to take like a class, an acting class, like a, a class to put on like a play with other kids my age. And we were going to do Peter Pan and we all had to like audition and stuff and blah, blah, blah. And I'm pretty sure I was like six, I was like six or seven. It, it almost has to be around that age. But I remember going to this class and going to the audition and being so upset because I was the only guy. It was all girls and then me. And I remember being like so upset and I didn't even want to do it. And then I ended up doing it. I ended up auditioning, whatever. And well, of course, I got Peter Pan in the show because I was the only boy. So hello. Um, but I... <laughs> Went back the next week and decided to quit because I did not want to be in the class with only girls. So shout out to that production of Peter Pan. I hope <laughs> it went. I hope it went well. And I'm so sorry for leaving you in the dust. But so but after that class, I don't really remember like I didn't have an opportunity to like perform. I started doing sports and I was in like, you know, baseball and like I was on the swim team and I did boy scouts and blah 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 so i definitely did a whole 180 flip and went the other direction but um eventually when i was 10 years old and we had moved from ohio here to texas i this and i'm sure my parents would describe this differently than i'm about to and you know that thing where it's like your memories especially at this age I don't even know how accurate they are. Gen genuinely, I have no idea. But in my mind, what happened was 
I moved here with my parents and we didn't know anyone. We didn't have almost any friends. We had no family. We didn't even have a house. Hey, hey, we were homeless. No, yeah, we lived in an RV in an RV park. We didn't have a house when we moved here to Texas. So that's fun. How do you make friends in an RV park when everyone's gone after a week? Yeah, 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 traumatic and lonely. Um, But anyway, I ended up being so sad and lonely and I didn't have, you know, any friends and and it was summer when we moved here. So that was part of the issue because we were, you know, there was no school. There was no class that I could become friends with. Um, but what I remember is thinking, I almost feel like, and see, my mom might say this is totally not what happened, but oh, well, it's me telling the story. I feel like my mom wanted me to like, do something have something to do like I literally was bored out of my mind and I needed something to do and I needed to meet friends and make friends in Texas and so I think we you know thought about joining a theater class and we ended up finding one and it was really small it was a like homeschool Christian like theater program and I we decided that we were going to sign up we were decided that we were going to sign up and the first show that they were auditioning for for the children's show was Aladdin okay okay and I was so nervous because I had never sung in front of people like at all and you had to do a live audition like in front of all the kids and the teachers and you know exactly what it sounds like I was super nervous, and I remember, like, days before the audition, I still had not picked a song. Hey, you need a song. Like, you need a song. You need a song. Yeah, but I just, I could not pick anything. Like, I couldn't figure it out. Randomly, one night, I, I literally, literally, I don't know. I woke up in the middle of the night, and the, I so clearly had a song stuck in my head, and it was the Lantern song from Tangled. Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh, iconic piece of cinema. Anyway, so I decided, okay, well, I'm going to sing the Lantern song because it came to me in a dream. Hey, I'm going to sing that song. And I did sing the girl part. Yeah, I did. And what about it? What about it? It fit my voice. I was 10 years old. Okay, okay, leave it alone. So I went to the audition, very nervous, okay, shaking in my boots, that I was not wearing because even though we lived in Texas, I've never owned cowboy boots and I'm proud. Anyway, moving on, non-relevant. I do the audition. I don't remember what my monologue was. Maybe I didn't have to do one. Okay, moving on. Since I don't remember, why did I even bring it up? (laughs) But I sing my song. I sing the lantern song from Tangled, the girl part. And (laughs) the teacher, her name is Miss Vicky. She is absolutely sobbing by the time I'm done. She like she's actually crying. Like she's crying. And so lo and behold, I was given the part of Aladdin. Yes, listen. Okay, before you come for me. It was 2010 and we were doing children's theater. There was no one ethnic in the group. Why were we doing Aladdin? I don't know, but it was in 2010. We didn't know what we we didn't know. And looking back, different decisions probably would have been made. Okay. But it was children's theater in 2010. So like, leave it alone. Okay. We're fine. Anyway, I was Aladdin and 
of course that went to my head, <laughs> but, but being in that show was one of the greatest experiences of my childhood. Being on stage was absolutely insane. Crazy. I remember being on stage for the first time and feeling like I was, you know, born for it. Um, and it just was like the most alive that I've ever felt. So of course, a lot of you know this all throughout high school, I pursued musical theater and I was like, yeah, musical theater is going to be the thing that I do with my life. And I said that I acted like that. I went to classes like that was true. I was in theater like that was going to be true. And everyone talked to me like it was going to be true. Everyone said, oh, this is Ethan Rink. Like he's going to be on Broadway one day. Like remember me when you're famous on Broadway, blah, 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 blah. That was just my thing. That was my gig. Okay. But there were some other things going on in the background. Okay. There were some other things that started happening when I was growing up that ended up getting us where we are now. One of them, I had a friend. Okay. I had a friend that I met in theater and she was absolutely amazing at playing the piano. Okay. And I had tried instruments multiple times before, and I was even told by teachers that I was pretty good. I just could not keep keep up. Like, I could not keep up like I couldn't learn. No, no, no. I literally couldn't put in the effort. Like, I would do piano. I would do guitar, mostly piano, for like a few weeks and then like drop it. And sometimes that was because of my teachers, but most of the time it was probably just me. Okay. So, I really didn't know how to play any instrument, but this girl in my theater program, wow, she knew how to play piano and she was much older than me. Well, much, probably like three years older than me. I don't even remember now. She was older than me and she played the piano in a way that, you know, at the time when I was 13 or 14, I had hardly ever heard before and it was mesmerizing and transcendent in certain ways and I used to just sit at her feet that sounds weird <laughs> she would be like sitting in front of the piano like on a bench right and I would be sitting like next to her on the floor or next to her on the bench and she would just play piano and I would just sit there and listen and be in awe of her so that was one thing that happened that I was like you know it started planting seeds of a different kind okay and the piano theme followed me for a long time I've always loved piano music I've always had a strong connection with people that play piano I've always been mesmerized by people that play instruments well that's just what happened that's just part of it and then I started to discover when I was in high school that I loved writing okay I loved writing. I used to write all these god-awful short stories all the time. I would stay up all night just writing short stories. Dumb, 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 dumb. L, L, boo. Um, no, it's fine. <laughs> I'm sure everyone in the room, everyone listening has a story or something that they wrote when they were 14 or 13, some fan fiction. Annie Fazell, I'm looking at you respectfully. <laughs> everyone has something that they wrote when they were, like, younger that at the time they were like, this is amazing i'm so good and then they're looking back they're like this is oh my god it's so bad it's cringe fest anyway i had 
plenty of those. I had a million of those. And then I'm not exactly sure how this started happening, but I eventually realized, oh my God, there's this thing called poetry. And it's like writing a story, but even prettier because it's supposed to be beautiful and grand and pretentious in some ways. And it's just, oh my gosh. And I was like, yeah, I am going to be a poet. Poetry is my thing. And I wrote so much poetry in high school that no one has ever read. No one has ever seen except for like three people in the whole world. But I was obsessed. I was obsessed with writing poetry. And although a lot of my poems looking back are, are garbage, they are bad. Some of them were really good. Some of them I can still say to this day were amazing. But either way, it was important because this step in my life helped me realize and cultivate that I had a love for writing. I had a love of connecting words and putting them together in a certain way that sounded just right. And it had a meaning that was just, you know, it's just a, it's just a thing. It's just a thing. I tapped into that for the first time. You know, I had already been on stage and I tapped into like, oh my God, being on stage and performing is amazing. And now I was tapping into, oh my God, having words fit together in an order that makes you feel some type of way. There's another type of magic to that. Like, absolutely. So then by the end of high school or not even the end quite, but like, you know, senior year, well, time to get serious. What are we doing after high school? What are we doing? And so I started to take musical theater way more seriously. I mean, I was always serious, but now it was like, okay, and we're doing this. Like, let's get to it. And a lot of you already know I uh, did on my senior year, I did a bunch of dance classes at the Palace Theater, which is a local theater here in Austin. And I did classes with Zach Scott Theater when it was called Zach Scott. Now it's just called Zach. I don't know what happened to Scott. Someone check on him. Pray for Scott. Um, I did that. And I also had the amazing opportunity to uh, perform with a group of students from all around Austin, all different high schools. We all auditioned and were selected for something called the Select Ensemble which performed at this huge gathering of high school musical theater students at the end of the school year where they had this awards ceremony. Okay. Long story short, against all odds, everyone told me there was no way I would get into this program. Okay. I got in, I got in. And when I was there, I started to realize, oh my God, everyone is good. Like, everyone's good, and a lot of them are better than me, which is not actually true anymore. I think I do have some, you know, some talent. But at the time, I was like, oh, God, like, it's getting real, and I'm unprepared. Like, these people have been dancing and singing since they were, like, three years old, like, in cla in classes, like, professionally. And I'm like, hey, I just <laughs> like... I just did a musical where I was the lead because I was the only one that cared about what was going on and everyone else was using it for social hour. Okay, that was the gig. So I definitely felt like I was in over my head a little bit, 
But I also felt like kind of slay because everyone was like, there's probably no way you're going to get into this program because you're not qualified. And then I did. And then I got in and then I did it. And it was hard. It was really hard. I had to learn a lot of dancing that I, I was not prepared for. I had to remember harmony parts that I, you know, the most harmony parts we had in my shows going up, growing up were three parts. And these were like 12 part harmonies. So, you know, just a little bit more to remember. Um, anyway, so I did all the stuff trying to prepare for like auditioning for musical theater programs in college. But specifically at the end of this select ensemble that I did, we performed in front of, I'm not sure, I think it was somewhere between 2,500 people and 3,000 people, okay, on a stage in a real theater, like a big theater. I mean, that's a lot of people. It's a lot of people. If you've seen a Broadway show live, it was about the size of that kind of a stage, okay? That was insane. Crazy. I had felt being on stage before, but being on stage in front of that many people, bro, no way, no way. Oh my God. Oh my God. Anyway, I start getting more into musical theater. I mean, I already was a lot, but I'm taking voice lessons. I'm in dance class. I did this. I did musical theater over the summer at a summer camp, intensive boot camp. Uh, and I did three musicals in two months downtown Austin at the Long Center, which is also where the select ensemble thing was. So I'm like at a pretty professional level, pre-professional, like, you know, it's getting real. But I started to have doubt, okay? For the first time in my life, like literally all of high school, I've been telling myself that I'm going to be on Broadway. Everyone else is telling me that I'm going to be on Broadway. And I'm like, oh my God, this isn't what I thought it was, okay? And it wasn't because I felt like I was unqualified. It wasn't all of that. That was a struggle that I had to overcome, and in my opinion, I did overcome it. I feel like I was able to learn quickly and adapt. And I was able to put my best skills forward. If I was in a big dance number, you best believe I'm going to have great facial expressions because I was great at expressing. Was I great at expressing movement in my legs? No. But you were going to be looking at my face because I was going to be giving you a great face to look at and ignore the fact that my body was a mess. Okay. And I was even told that by different dance instructors that that was my strong suit. In fact, I was in a dance class one time where we were doing a fake audition for a dance call. And the fake auditioner told me that I was the best out of the group and I was also the worst at the choreography. And it was because I put my face in front of my body and I was able to express the dance in my face rather than getting all the moves right. So I feel like I was able to adapt, but the issues that happened were this, okay? After several hours, it was when I was at the musical theater boot camp. And it's like towards the end of the camp. So we've already been there three and a half weeks. We're getting ready for this big showcase. And we are in rehearsals like from 8 a.m. to 10 p.m. Quite literally. Like we're, we're taking eating breaks. They were amazing, amazing about 
breaks, eating, being hydrated. There was no, it wasn't cruelty. And also we all knew what we were signing up for, but it was intense. Like it was intense. And I remember one day being in rehearsal for the millionth hour going over the same thing over and over. And I don't think I I said anything that was like snooty, but I think we had a choreographer there that was from New York and she was like a legit girl and she was teaching us the choreography. And I said something to her. I don't know what I said exactly, but it, 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 she gave me this response and it broke a bubble that I was in. She basically said, you know, if you want to be in musical theater, you need to get used to not being on stage, but being in rehearsal because you will spend way more time in rehearsal than you will on stage. And thank God she said that. How brave of her. How how incredible for her to be so honest with like a group of kids who are all paying money and saying, I want to be on Broadway. Help me get there. And she's like, okay, but first of all, you need to check yourself and make sure you know and you understand what you're signing up for. And that piece of information started to really make me think because I didn't enjoy being in rehearsals very much. It was difficult. It was, you know, it was terrible. I didn't like it. And I got in a lot. I didn't like being around musical theater people. And so that started me on a path of doubt and second thinking around musical theater that eventually I was led to a conclusion that manifested in I don't want to spend my life telling other people's stories when I have so much that I wanted to say myself, right? If you're in musical theater, you could get booked on Broadway. You're going to be telling the stories of characters and singing songs that other people wrote. You know, I already talked to you about like how much I loved writing poetry, short stories. I was not tapping into that love that I had. I was only tapping into my love for of performing, my love of singing, but the writing was missing. And it was it became super clear to me super fast. It was like, oh my God, I this is not right for me. And that was scary because for years it felt like I always knew what path I was supposed to be on. And when people told me it wouldn't work out, God opened doors for me. And I felt like he was saying, no, this is the right path. And then there I was being like, this is not, this is wrong. And I have to turn back. And it felt like I was about to throw away a lot of hard work. And that's not necessarily how I see it today. It's, you know. But it's still, I, I, I had to go backwards. I had to go backwards. So I did. Eventually I was like, you know what? Musical theater isn't for me. And my parents and my peers, everyone was very confused. And I didn't feel comfortable opening up to them about why. I'm not exactly sure. But like, I just felt like I couldn't be honest because I felt like I was, you know, disappointing everyone. Disappointing myself. But... After a period of kind of being stagnant and trying to figure out what I wanted in life and et cetera, 
I tried to think about music in a way that would be like, well, could I be like serious about this? Like, could this be a thing that I did? And I think something that was holding me back was like, well, obviously it's, you know, everyone knows it's like very hard to break into the music industry. It's almost impossible, it seems like. And yet that's also what people said about musical theater. And for me, I broke into musical theater because I just started and then things started lining up and happening and I made progress. And I, I, to this day, I mean, I think that if I would have kept going on my musical theater route, like I, I could have made it. I, I really believe that. And so I think I had to come to terms with, well, yeah, we're starting over at square one, but like we did it once before, like, let's get back to it. So yeah, I, I mean, the rest of the story, a lot of you probably know, I wrote a couple of songs for like a school project in senior year. Um, they didn't get produced or turned into anything. Like I helped my best friend helped me play them on piano so that I could like present them to my class. And, you know, the group of 30 people that were watching was like, that was awesome. Like, you know, so I got a little bit of like, Oh, maybe I could do this. And then eventually, you know, I started trying to teach myself guitar and a couple years ago, I ended up on a whim kind of writing a song with my Instagram. Okay. I like asked my Instagram story, a bunch of different questions about how they were feeling and stuff like that. And then wrote lyrics around their responses and I was good enough at acoustic guitar that I could sort of kind of not really but enough play a very simple melody on guitar so I ended up writing that song and literally just making an Instagram like live video of me singing that song with my acoustic guitar and putting it on my Instagram and people loved it people loved it and I was like, okay, like, what are we doing? Uh, and there, everyone was DMing me being like, when is this going to be on Spotify? When is this going to be on Spotify? And I was like, I, I, I don't know. I don't know how to do that. I don't know anything about what's going on. Like, I just recorded this on Instagram Live. Like, uh, and I can hardly play the guitar. I like, it was a miracle that I honestly made it. Like, it was a miracle I could play that song. It was a miracle. I probably spent hours and hours and hours trying to get a take of it. I don't even know, but I don't remember. But anyway, eventually I was able to like go over to my friend's house and use his very like makeshift recording studio. And he recorded the guitar track and we recorded two different guitar tracks, like a bass line and then like a melody. And then I sang over it in one take. I sang all the vocals in one take because that was how like <laughs> how simple of a system we were working with and I ended up making a music video with my friends and putting it on YouTube and it got hardly any views but a bunch of people shared it on Facebook like my family my extended family my family's friends like I got a bunch of shares on YouTube or a bunch of shares on Facebook and it was like okay maybe like maybe I could do this maybe maybe this could be a thing but it was very obvious to me that I wasn't gonna be able to do it alone like I needed help I needed help hey hey it's okay to ask for help men 
And I had tried working with a lot of different producers before, and I'm going to have a different episode of the podcast where I get into like how I did what I did and like what resources I used and stuff like that and more of that kind of a side of the journey. Um, And I'll talk more about that. But I ended up getting connected to a producer who I still use today, and we recorded the first song that I ever recorded in studio with more than just a guitar there were actual other parts of the track there were harmony vocals multiple vocals it wasn't all in one take it was incredible and I remember being in the studio for the first time and hearing but not even before vocals existed literally it was just like we got someone else to play the guitar and they did an amazing job thank you Elijah Delgado and then my producer Landon had put in these other like piano parts and these like atmospheric little like soundy things. And they played the track back like before I was about to like record vocals. And I was just like, like sobbing. I was sobbing in the studio because it was like, it was like my song. It was like my song was there. And that's not how it is every time because you know, making music is a process. It's sometimes easier than others, but I can easily say that, sitting in the studio that first time making that song was like, that was it. That was the moment being on stage. Great. Writing little poetry things. Great. Singing and performing for 2,500 people. That's great. But having something that I wrote and by the love and artistic ability of other people were able to bring to life, but it all came out of my mind, all of it, the visuals, the vocals, the words, absolutely crazy and that is why I love doing what I'm trying to do that is why I love music um but yeah so obviously that song was my ghost I released it sometime in October of 2021 and it is still probably my favorite song to this day but um yeah so that is my music story my music journey how I fell in love with music and I will definitely get into some different aspects of that story in future episodes, but, um, that's the, that's the gist of it. That's the meat of it. And I really just want to say thank you to all of you who have supported me in everything that I've done. Some of you have been around since I posted dumb little poetry things on my Instagram in 2014 and you said, "Working, this is everything." And some of you were at every single musical theater show that I ever did and brought me flowers and took pictures with me like I was some kind of celebrity and it all went to my head and that's why we're here today. Just kidding. Well, it sort of did, but anyway, and some, and also some of you, every time that I've dropped a song, have streamed it, loved it, liked it, shared it, put it on your story, put it in your TikToks. Like, I just want to say thank you to all of you who have always been by my side, always supporting me. And I hope to keep growing and keep making things. And as long as you're there to consume it, then I'll keep going. And I'm not making any money doing any of this stuff right now, but I'm making my life worth living. And hopefully some of yours get a little bit easier too. And I mean, I've had people, I've had people talk to me about listening to my song and then they get the words to it tattooed on their leg 
or someone that was going through a divorce texting me and saying like, this song is what I cry to in the car and it makes me feel better. Like that is why I do this. That is why I do this because it allows me to express everything that I'm feeling. And then you guys feel it too. And as long as I can keep doing that and keep growing, like, yeah, of course I hope and pray and dream that this is what I get to do with my life. And I don't have to work another job. I can just make music and that can be my life. And if it can't, I'll probably still keep doing it. And it'll be just for you guys. And I just want to say thank you for that. So as long as you're here listening, I'll be here ranting and screaming into my microphone, probably destroying the audio device that you're listening to this on, okay? Listen, I know, I know I peak the audio all the time with my screaming and my laughing. I could technically fix it when I edit the audio, but am I going to? No, deal with it. Turn it down for a second. It's fine. Anyway, but um, okay, it is 12.03, so I need to go to bed. But um, thanks for listening, and I'll talk to you guys later. Bye.